You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So, what is happening everybody i hope you guys are having a great day so far happy thursday it's almost the weekend and most importantly happy holidays next week is christmas uh or if you are celebrating any other holidays by any chance just happy holidays it is uh the best time of the year not just because most people have a few days off here and there because of the holidays but also because when it's the end of the year, the combat sports world is just filled with so many great events and we've already experienced some so far and man, especially last weekend with UFC 245, we had one of those phenomenal events that took place and today it's just we, we love to just reminisce a little bit about it today. So uh, that's one of the big things that we have coming up today and this upcoming weekend too. We're going to follow up um, that UFC 245 card with another UFC fight night, or should I say fight day for all of us living in the Eastern time zone here in the Guelph and nearby regions. Uh, we are going to be having a UFC fight night in Korea. And uh, if, like I said, if you are living in the uh, Eastern time zone, you have to catch up with this fight card at 5 a.m. I think that's when the main card starts. So if you are really, really enthusiastic about this fight card, which you should be because we're, we're going to be breaking down a few a few fights from this main card today on the show. Uh, yeah, you can just catch up with it at 5, 5 a.m. And uh, I'll be I'd be lying if I uh, if, if I didn't say that I haven't done something like that before, because I remember there was this one time it was actually one of the end of the year fight cards, because I think the UFC was having a big pay-per-view card that we absolutely had to watch. And then right after the UFC, we had another great um, MMA card happening in Japan. So that one started at 1 a.m. And that was just the main card. Like uh, there were like nine bouts on the main card. And the fight that I personally was really looking forward to was the second last fight. So as you can imagine, I had to keep watching fights over and over and over for the whole night. And I don't think I got any sleep that day. Should I say that night? Because I was just watching fights for like 12 hours straight. And uh, it's definitely, it was definitely an experience. And uh, to this day, I still remember it and I still cherish the memories and whatnot. Um, it was great. So uh, like I said, if you are really passionate about this whole fight card, and uh, some of the fights that are, ha that are supposed to be happening on this UFC fight night in Korea card, then definitely catch up with it at 5 a.m. And we're going to give you all the information that you need in order to figure out who's fighting, who you want to perhaps bet on, and all that good stuff. So yes, that is pretty much what we have lined up for today's show. But... 
listen, man, if you have been catching up with TKO, if you have been marking down all the episodes that we've done so far, you probably know what episode this is today. Today, ladies and gentlemen, marks our 150th episode of TKO. And honestly, just by saying it, like, it's so easy to say by words, but when you think about it, I was just reminiscing about all the episodes that we've had so far with all of you guys, TKO Nation. You know, we've been coming to you every single week with brand new content, you know, different fights to break down and uh, different fighters to talk about and some of the things that we as a community, as a as a fighting community and uh, sports fans community, I should say, have gone through together, you know, when some people had some controversies in their career, we talked about it. When people got injured, people went through tough times, people had their ups and downs. We talked about it today on the, sh- uh, on, the on the show overall, not today necessarily. But, um, you know, I was just thinking about it and it's been about three years and a little bit that we do that we've been doing TKO here at CFRU 93.3 FM and that brings me to the point that if it weren't because of our family here at CFRU we would not have been here today and of course if it weren't because of your love and support out there TKO Nation again this would not have been possible at all so again shout out to everybody who has helped us along the way and like I said, I, I, it's just so hard to believe that we've done 150 episodes. And let me just do the math for you right here because every episode is 30 minutes. So if you do 150 divided by <laughs> two, that, that brings us to 75 hours of TKO. Just your girl right here, Janon, talking into the void on the radio waves for 75 hours straight. And I don't know, but I might just go back and listen to some of our earlier episodes, like episode 10 or something, just to see how far we've come and how much like improvement and progress we've made in the show. Because if you if you have been a fan since day one, you probably know that it wasn't always like this. And when we first started, you know, uh, we kind of just wanted to get a feel of what we should add to the show so that you guys as the fans would like listening to it and would tune in week after week after week you know so yes we've come a long way and uh, I'm so proud of all of us out here and uh, all the people who have supported us so far so shout out to all of you guys out there so episode 150 it's a lucky number I love it so much and as you can imagine we're gonna have a blast on the show today and also this is really interesting I mean I wish we kind of planned it a little bit differently so that next week we would have our 150th episode because that would have marked the very last episode of the year of 2019 but not only that that would have also marked the last episode of the decade Man, that is absolutely out of this world. And I was just um, listening to another show um, here at CFRU. And when they were closing up, they were having their very last episode of the year. And they, they brought up the fact that, yes, this was indeed going to be their very like their last episode of the decade. And that is just mind-blowing because personally... 
man, years just go by so fast and days go by so fast. So we just have to cherish what we have and just um, be in the moment, enjoy what we have. So yes, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it there because I just realized that uh, I don't want to lose any more time. And uh, But at the same time, I really did want to express how excited I was because of how far we've come with TKO and how proud I was of you guys out there, TKO Nation. So happy 150th episode of TKO Ready, and let's get started. Okay, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Okay, so now, today, like I said, it will be really, really unfair if we didn't reminisce a little bit about UFC 245 because it was crazy. It was one of the best fight cards of the year. It was absolutely stacked with so many talented fighters. And as a matter of fact, you guys already know, we had three different championship belts on the main card of UFC 245. Of course, we had the welterweight championship bouts between Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington. And the, the co-main event was the featherweight championship bouts with the belt on the line between Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky. And for the women's bantamweight championship, we had Amanda Nunes fighting off against Jermaine Duranami. And we also had former champions on the on the, on the the card. We had Josie Aldo fighting um, his opponent, Marlon Marias. And um, we had UFC veteran Uriah Faber fighting off against Peter Yan and uh, it was it was just such a great great card and um, I I caught up with all the bouts as as much as I could I tried so hard not to dose off because I think because okay so like I said there were three different championship bouts and with that you already know that the championship bouts are supposed to be five rounds that each last five minutes and if they do last the full full length that would be, each fight uh, would be 25 minutes if you don't even consider uh, the, the one-minute breaks that are in between each round. So uh, I don't know if you can consider it unlucky or actually lucky because we got to see a lot of um, fight fighting goodness in the, in the championship bouts that we had on um, UFC 245 because all of those um, championship bouts, they lasted the full length. So we had the full five rounds for all of these bouts. And they were really, really exciting. And um, actually, as a matter of fact, the bouts were really, really close. At least for most of them, I could, I could say. Um, specifically, f let's just talk about the Amanda Nunes and Jermaine Durandamy fight. Because when the fight started, uh, we we're thinking that if the fight was supposed to be conducted fully uh, in, in a fully striking mode, so that both ladies were just striking with each other, just boxing and kickboxing and not um, taking the fight to the ground, then we didn't know what the fate of this whole bout was because both of these ladies are just so well known for their great striking abilities, specifically for Amanda Nunes. Her boxing skills are just out of this world. And for Jermaine Duranami being a former kickboxer and former kickboxer champion, world champion, you already know how how great her kicking skills would be. So that's what we were thinking. And uh, we didn't really even think about the possibility of this fight being taken to the ground at all. But actually, on the contrary, we had Amanda Nunes, who I feel like kind of appreciated the the power that was being delivered by Jermaine Duranami to her. In the very first round of the fight, she realized that, hey, if I keep doing this, if I keep striking with Jermaine, then this will be no good, so I better fight smartly. 
I better have a good game plan. So what she did was the exact thing that you do when you see someone could be a potential challenge to you, striking wise, so you go for that takedown. And that's exactly what she did. She went for so many takedowns and she was thankfully very, very successful with those takedowns. She would just take down Jermaine Duranami. She would hold her in place and um, try to just neutralize all the striking that Jermaine was trying to throw towards her so that the rounds would actually end and she would be the one who would show domination in each and every one of these rounds because she would be on top and she would be the one who was pinning um, Jermaine Durandamy on the canvas because Jermaine, honestly, she couldn't really do much when she was on the ground and uh, Amanda Nunes was just on top of her trying to ground and pound and just um, be in the dominant position in um, whatever manner. So that's what happened for most of the fights, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting. I know a lot of people don't necessarily prefer this style of fighting when it comes to a fight that you've been anticipating for such a long time, and you just want to see some finishes and, and fights and whatnot. And I feel like that's what most um, casual fans think, and that's what... I, honestly, every human being would think because when you do watch a fight, just have that tendency to to see unexpected things, to see that knockout out of the blue and one person just going down uh, to the canvas just completely unconscious. That's what we really like to see as fans. But that wouldn't necessarily mean that if a person, if a fighter chooses the other route and decides to take the fight the full distance so that they can you know, completely ensure and guarantee that they're winning the fight in a very... Um, should I say, guaranteed manner in a way that they know for sure they're going to win through decision, then I wouldn't really blame the fighter because after all, this is their profession, this is their job, and they would they would have to do anything that is in their own advantage. So in that in that um, manner, I wouldn't really blame Amanda, Amanda Nunes, excuse me, for... For the strategy that she chose for this particular bout, because ultimately she did win this fight and she dominated over Jermaine Durandamy and was able to maintain her belt. So I, I, I didn't mind watching this fight. I mean, it would have been nice to see the ladies just standing up and throwing just really, really powerful strikes towards each other. I would have been interested to see how Amanda Nunes would have um, performed if Jermaine Duranamy was at her full potential striking-wise. That way, we would have fully determined how good, how how phenomenal of a striker Amanda Nunes truly is. But okay, I don't. again, I don't blame her. She did what she had to do to win this fight. And that's exactly what happened. So I, I, I did enjoy this fight. I, I found it to be pretty entertaining because I just wanted to see what would happen in the end. And if things were going to be turned towards, uh, you know, Jermaine Duranamy and uh, if she was going to take over in any moment and if she was going to find an opening and just turn things into her own advantage and whatnot didn't happen. But again, I, I still really did enjoy watching this fight. So moving on to the co-main event, man, this fight I was really, really looking forward to. We had Max Holloway, the featherweight champion, fighting off against the challenger, Alexander Volkanovsky. Now coming into this fight, Alexander Volkanovsky, he really genuinely bragged about the fact that 
he was thinking that he had so much power that he was going to completely dismantle uh, Max Holloway. And he was saying that Max Holloway, out of all the previous opponents that he has had, no one has been as powerful as Alexander Volkanovsky. And so he really did truly believe that he was going to defeat Max Holloway. And personally speaking, listen, I'm a huge fan of Max Holloway's and uh, I just really thought that Max was going to win this fight um, through decision because he was a taller guy and I just thought that he was going to uh, conduct the fight um, and, um, you know, throw uh, throw his shots from a distance so that he will win the fight through decision through the great vol- volume of shots that he will be throwing towards Alexander Volkanovsky. However, um, I did mention on our previous episode that Alexander Volkanovsky used to be a professional rugby player. And with that, like I said, you guys, rugby is no joke. And if you are a professional rugby player, that just correlates to you having a lot of power. And another thing that I told you guys about Alexander Volkanovsky was that Alexander Volkanovsky used to weight and play rugby at around 240 pounds. And here he is fighting professional MMA at 145 pounds. So he, I don't know how long it's taken him to cut down about 100 pounds to get to this weight, but um, I can guarantee you that he, he has been through perfect conditioning and perfect training programs so that he wouldn't, I mean, obviously he would have had to lose some muscle, but that didn't necessarily lead to him losing power. So he still has a lot of power. And I thought he was just um, exaggerating a little bit when he was talking about his own abilities and his um, pre-fight interviews. But no, when the fight actually started, Alexander Volkanovsky threw the kicks that he was throwing towards Max Holloway, that those powerful, powerful kicks, man, he was throwing them con- consistently. And Max Holloway couldn't even breathe because he was just consistently absorbing all those powerful kicks to the thigh so that he he could he could hardly even walk right after the fight. So because of that, Alexander Volkanovsky was able to slow down Max Holloway in this fight. So Max Holloway he couldn't necessarily perform the way that we're usually used to seeing him perform in his previous fights. So he was just slowing down and um, he just he just couldn't perform as well anymore because he was just so hurt. And so we have a new featherweight champion in the UFC, ladies and gentlemen. We have Alexander Volkanovsky becoming the new 145-pound champion. And um, I just love the way Max Holloway handled his his loss because for the longest time, like I said before, he had been dominating over the featherweight division. So there was no real challenge for him until now that he fought Volkanovsky. And listen, it's not the end of the road for him. He can definitely have a rematch with Volkanovsky if he wanted to. But I would definitely recommend that he goes back to training camp and tries to work on his strength and conditioning because Listen, Max Holloway, he's a very, very tall guy. And so because of that, because he has to maintain his weight, like obviously he can't really do anything about his height unless he decides to put on muscle. And so, uh, you know, increases power and strength in this manner. Because right now he's 145 pounds and he's so tall. So he doesn't have a lot of muscle mass. So in my opinion, if he goes back to training camp and he tries to, 
you know, if he can maintain his weight but also put on muscle and then come back into this rematch against Alexander Volkanovsky, then that would be great for him. And I would be really, really interested to see what would happen in this rematch between the two. But overall, I really did enjoy this fight and it was great. Yeah, honestly. But now I really do want to talk about the main event of the evening, which was the welterweight championship bout between Kamaru Usman and um, Colby Covington. Now, in this fight, I'm going to be totally honest with you guys because it was just so late at night. It was like 2 a.m., honestly. And I, I kept dozing dozing off and just, um, you know, just waking up and watching the fight. And from what I can tell you, honestly, I feel like to give you a unbiased opinion, I would have to watch the fight once again. Unfortunately, I haven't really had the chance to do so yet. But from what I watched and from what I saw in the fight highlights that I saw the day after, I can tell you for sure that this was a very, very close fight. So that both guys, they would throw the same amount of strikes. They would both absorb the same amount of um, damage, if you will. But what would happen that I think really put... Kamaru Usman ahead in this fight was that Kamaru Usman threw this one shot and that shot completely, should I say, shattered Colby Covington's jaw. And this is actually what happened because when he took um, um, scans of his jaw, his jaw was actually broken. So he Kamaru Usman broke Colby Covington's jaw. And uh, I feel like that was one of the big factors that might have affected Colby Covington in this fight because after that he might have just been in so much pain that he couldn't have performed the same way anymore although I I really did admire the fact that both guys just kept going and going and going and didn't really look like they were getting tired and so like I said it was a very very close fight but in the fifth round with less than one minute left to the end of the whole fight Kamaru Usman he threw this one big shot that took <laughs> Colby Covington to the ground and he was able to, man, he knocked out Colby Covington with less than a minute on the clock and he was able to maintain his title. And that was just mind-blowing because this, again, reminded me of the fact that, listen, you can have great athletes and you can also have great fighters but there is another uh, category of people who could be fighting MMA, and that is great knockout artists. Okay, so I feel like we need to distinguish these three categories. So we have great athletes, like I said, you're great, like you have great conditioning, you look super buffed and muscular, you look like a bodybuilder, you look super bulky and whatnot. The second class, you're a great mixed martial artist. You're a great fighter, meaning you have your wrestling in, in place. You have your jiu-jitsu, your boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, all of that. And then the third class, like I said, you, you might not necessarily outbox or outstrike the other person, but you have this innate power that whenever you throw a shot, it is so effective that it is able to just completely knock out your opponent. And I feel like this is something that you can't necessarily train for. And I've seen a lot of guys say that this is something that you're usually born with. And um, no matter how hard you train and uh, all that, it's just something that you're born with. And not necessarily everybody would have that. So 
I feel like Kimura Usman is definitely one of those guys who has that knockout power, that innate knockout power. Although his own background is in wrestling, you know, there's no doubt in the fact that he is a very potent wrestler. But I feel like he he showed us on Saturday night that he is indeed a true knockout artist. And if he is losing the fight by any chance, then you shouldn't really be too optimistic because he could throw these shots at any moment and that can knock out his opponent. And so that, that honestly gave me goosebumps and uh, I'm not even exaggerating because... You know, when you see guys like this, when you see not just guys, but just athletes, fighters like this, women and men, it is it is unbelievable. It shows you uh, the complexity of our sport. And it's just it shows you that you don't need to just have one thing. You don't need to just train one aspect of of um, MMA. You need to be perfect absolutely perfect in everything but you also need to keep an eye out for those type of things and this is honestly why i love and not just me but also other fans this is why we all love mixed martial arts it's why we all love combat sports because of these unpredictable things and because of the fact that we're discovering people like these these people again i'm not trying to exaggerate that's just the way it is. Listen, it's it's like when you discover someone being a superhero. This is no different than that. Like when you, when we discovered, uh, you know, people having phenomenal knockout power, it's like you become a superstar right at that moment. And I feel like Kamaru Usman, uh, Kamaru Usman, excuse me, with what he did on Saturday night, he just took his um, performance and his uh, fighter status to a whole nother level. So I'm so proud of him. Shout out to Kamar Usman for being able to keep his belt and defeating Colby Covington. And honestly, I'd be lying if I said that I, I didn't have Colby Covington winning a few rounds. Because like I said, from what uh, like all the moments of the fight that I saw, this was indeed a very close fight for most, most parts. And uh, Colby Covington, he was doing pretty well too. But until, again, like I said, that moment that he broke his jaw, and I feel like that kind of affected his performance, which is totally understandable. And I guess we'll just have to wait and see what will happen in the future for both of these guys now that Kamara Usman has the belt again. Um, who, who honestly would be able to challenge him at this point? I'm not really sure. We definitely have a lot of um, young prospects in the division who would be you know, doing anything to get this title shot against Kamara Usman. But what I do know about uh, Colby Covington is that I've actually heard rumors that he might actually be fighting very soon after his jaw is um, fully healed and that he's going to be fighting off against the former welterweight champion Tyron Woodley, which I would be also really interested to see, um, to, to see what would actually happen because Tyron Woodley too he his style of fighting is also very close to um, Kamaru Usman's, and it would be interesting to see what would happen this time. Because if Colby Covington is able to come on top this time against um, Tyron Woodley, then that could potentially give him another shot against um, Kamaru Usman, and we'll see what would happen if Kamaru Usman doesn't really have the chance to throw that like the knockout shot once again. Um, 
in the potential rematch against Colby Covington. But overall, we'll definitely keep you guys updated with regards to that. And that whole fight card, UFC 245, it was one great fight card to remember. And I wish we actually had that as our end of the year fight card because now, I mean, yes, I know we do have like UFC fight nights happening here and there, but... Anyway, I'm not mad. Anyway, let's just keep it there. <laughs> so, like I said, on Saturday, you guys, at 5 a.m., we have UFC Fight Night in Korea, which is going to be headlined by a great, great fight between Frankie and Edgar, Edgar excuse me, and Korean Zombie Boy. So, this fight is going to be really, really interesting. And um, if you can wake up that early in the morning and catch up with this fight, then I will definitely recommend you to do so. And if not, just try to um, catch the replay or just watch some of the highlights because these two guys are just so, so talented. And um, you already know that it's going to be a very fast-paced fight because of the fact that they're both phenomenal featherweights and that is going to be a very very interesting fight but i'm just gonna leave it there because i'm just looking at the clock right now unfortunately that is all the time we're gonna have for this week all right make sure you catch up with our previous episodes at cfru.ca or if you want to listen to our episodes from way way back in the day you can also go to soundcloud or iTunes, and I hope you guys enjoyed our 150th episode. And until next time, it's your girl Jenna right here, and this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.